Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of NBA DFS Today. I am your host Keith Cork and I am here to lead you on the way through a gosh darn finally manageable five game DFS slate. Whew. It took a while but we finally got back to a slate that actually has the right number of games on it for someone like me who doesn't like to try to follow 13 or I'm sorry 26 teams as they release uh, different injury things uh, I'd rather just you know 10 teams that's it's a good number good number of teams to follow this is on the kind of upper end of the uh, numbers I like I usually like you know somewhere between four or six three is actually pretty okay too we'll say three and six so uh, but anyways, let's walk through it though, and let's talk about it. I'm gonna touch on each of these games because kind of give you an early, uh, quick look at what's going on and what we're looking at here. So Cleveland and Boston, um, you know, this is a back-to-back for Cleveland, and uh, not for Boston, I don't believe. So we expect Cleveland to have those tired legs. We expect Boston to be fresh. It's in Boston. Cleveland is down Evan Mobley. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a 10-point favorite uh, in favor of the Celtics. They are 10-point favorites right now. 224.5 is that game total. I would definitely lean towards the Celtics in this game. Um, I end up with somebody on each side. I actually feel like there's some pretty good value on the Cleveland side because of the fact that Evan Mobley and Karis LeVert are both out. You know, if it was just one or the other guy, I think they, you know, they kind of paced it over pretty well. But with those two guys out, I mean, we did see Dean Wade go into the starting lineup. I don't think I can trust him very much at 4,400. But he is a decent play. Uh, Isaac Okoro, I feel the same kind of way about 4,800. You know, these guys should be in, in your player pool. I just don't think you need to go rush to get them in to fit them in, right? Um, if you end up being the guy you land on with the rest of your salary or something like that, because you need someone to save some money on, then, I, you know, I do like those choices. I actually am really into uh, George's name, Yang, though. George Yang, at 4,900. Um, had not a great game this last one. But I think, you know, in, in terms of who's going to go low-owned on this slate, I really do feel like uh, Yang is going to be in the running for that. Because of the low line, and because there are kind of two other guys um, in Okoro and Dean Wade that are kind of jostling for those minutes from Evan Mobley and Karis LeVert. But I do think Yang brings that scoring punch that the other two don't. So um, I do like him here against the Boston Celtics team. They're going to need somebody off the bench to step up. That's kind of my thinking when I'm looking at those guys. I think it's absolutely possible for Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland to go off in this one too. I think a lot, of, and, and you'll have a obviously a tilt on ownership there as well, because people don't like to play <laughs> teams are on back to backs, which you know have. I mean, a lot of these teams are so you're going to have to anyways. But uh, against the Celtics, I mean, that's the other thing because it's not a good matchup, and it's the second half back to back. But um, don't think you can remove them completely. So on the Boston side, <clears throat> you know, again the top guys there as well. You know, end up with Jason Tatum, you end up with Jalen Brown. Uh, I think that's fine. Um, not super into Drew Holiday, but sixty-seven hundred. That's I don't just not, don't love that price tag. Honestly, I don't think it's a bad matchup or anything like that. It's just just the price tag isn't 
what I'd like to spend, I don't think, um, on Drew Holiday in this offense. But uh, Derek White just had kind of a bummer game, if I recall, um, in his last one out. So maybe, you know, with the ownership piece on that one, you get a little edge. Actually, he had a really good game in the last one. My bad. My apologies. Misremembering here. 30 points in that last game, real life points. 49.25 DK points. So uh, just absolutely exploded, actually, in that last one. That's probably important to note there. Um, but yeah, I do think he's somebody you can consider as well at 6,400. Don't mind that price tag at all. Um, something like, you know, end of bench guys, Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard. I think there's other guys, like, I'd rather play the guys on the Cleveland side because of the increased opportunity there. Um, so I'm not really landing on those guys here. I'm not really even looking their way. I think there's other guys even on other teams that are in that price range, so. Uh, the Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks. They have a two-point spread in favor of the Lakers. And 235.5 is the game total there. Um, and the Lakers are one, minus 1.5 on some sites as well. So I want to say it's moving towards the Lakers. Um, not sure about that. We'll have to see where it stands in the morning. But either way, um, I do favor the Lakers here. Um Dallas isn't going to have Kyrie Irving, most likely. I know he's not technically ruled out yet. But I'm playing this as if he is because um, that fall on his leg from D Dwight Powell did look pretty nasty. And even though he's just got a heel contusion, I have to imagine, you know, the way they had to pull him out of the game, it's it's a pretty pretty brutal or severe one. So, I mean, I'm not expecting a lot of games on the shelf for him, but um, we just don't have a lot of information right now to go off of. I'm sure we'll know well before tip-off, so... I'm operating as if he is out. If he is in, you can probably scrap some of the stuff I say here. You'll just have to, to parse that. Or go ahead and get that $5 DFS pass. And uh, I'll explain it as we go along. Uh, but on the Lakers, who I do favor here, uh, there's quite a few people I do like. But what I'm looking at is I'm looking at the kind of mid-range guys, the Austin Reeves uh, at 5,800 and D'Angelo Russell at 6,200. I think, you know... Um, and, and I did land on Anthony Davis, my dummy land up here, but I'm not, I'm not in love with that because there's another guy I want to get in, which we'll talk about in a momentarily. But um, Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James, I think those guys are fine to land on as well. There's just other stars around the slate that I'd want to um, slip in. But I do think you know I'm going to have at least a few, um, probably I would say 50%, 40%, we'll say, of my lineups will probably have LeBron James or Anthony Davis just because... I expect this to be a competitive game. This is probably the most fun game on the slate here in terms of output. Um, it is the highest game total, according to Vegas. Um, which is nice to have that kind of reaffirmed for you. <laughs> when you just kind of say something, it's like, okay, let me just see what Vegas says. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of put two and two together. You look at the slate, and um, and this is the one that would probably uh, be the best game environment. So, you know, if you want to stack up this game or something like that, that's... I think this would be the best game to stack, uh, for sure. Um, I don't personally use that mode of attack, but I think it is a smart one because it gives you some unique lineup sometimes, especially if you decide to target games that aren't as popular. Um, but anywho, going back to the Dallas side here. Um, and, and on the Lakers, again, you know, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, if you end up on those top guys, I don't mind at all. I do think there's some, you know... It, Interesting cheaper guys here. All of these guys have been in the rotation at one point or another and, and provided different things. So 
Um, you know, I'll have to think out a little bit more. I'm not feeling like this is a game where they have to go, you know, defense and play Jared, uh, Jared Vanderbilt um, 15 to 20 minutes. I think it's more like, I don't know. Uh, you know, if they want to go outscore somebody, that's like a Haru Hachimura game. And if they want to try to, like, stop somebody on defense, it's a Jared Vanderbilt game. Um, Christian Wood's been out of the rotation. Thank goodness for them, uh, for the Lakers and the Lakers fans, because he's just not, he's just not that great. Um, looks like he did get eight minutes out of the seventh. Um, but yeah, his minutes have come down quite, quite precipitously. So I'm not, I'm not going to be rostering him. Torian Prince at 4,100, still starting, still producing to a certain level extent. And then you got Cam Reddish at 4,100 also producing that, you know, I'd play those guys over. Um, you know, like a Sam Hauser or Peyton Pritchard, those are the same price tags, and, and I would definitely play those guys, these guys here on the Lakers in this environment over over those other guys. So, uh, on the Dallas side, we do have um, a couple of guys for sure that I'm interested in. Like I said, I'm operating as if Kyrie Irving's out. We have Tim Hardaway Jr. probably out. Um, he had to be ruled out of the game on Monday, last second, with back spasms. Which can be tricky. Keep an eye on it. Maybe he does play, but I'm, I'm assuming he's out as well. Derek Jones Jr. had to leave the game in the middle of the game um, on Monday and, and was out with a bruised quad. And that also takes time to heal, so I, I don't expect him to play either. Josh Green's still out, and then Max Kleba's still, still out from forever ago. So, so you know, by process of elimination, we kind of know where the usage is going to go here. And uh, but yeah, I, you know, Luca at 11,800, 11, um, want to get him in my lineup as much as possible um, for cash games. I think that's absolutely the smartest thing to do. Everyone's going to have him. He's the safest guy for sure. Just coming off a 63 DK point game where he didn't even have a good game. Once he has a good game, I mean, he can he can get you 93.25 DK points on the 2nd of December. He put up. You know, we're talking like 80, DK, 80 to 90 DK points um, for the upside here, which is just insanity. And on a Fed game slate, if he does do that and you don't have him, you are sunk. And, you know, I mean, I've, there's other guys on here that we'll talk about that can get that ceiling. I mean, you've got Jokic going against my Chicago Bulls. Totally, you know, I get it. Um, you have a possible Durant going against Golden State Warriors. Um, revenge narrative, right? <laughs> So um, there are other people on the slate that you can go to that, that have that kind of same upside, but um, no one's going to be safe for Luka Doncic. It's just not going to happen. Uh, but if all those guys are out, I mean, you know, obviously then you've got Dante Exum at 5,700, who's been having a, a very nice couple of games. Um, 35 DK points last night, 41.5 the, the game before, um, and he's only 5,700. You've got Seth Curry at 4,500 that I personally love because he didn't have a, a good game tonight. Um, he did only play 20 minutes, but it's a back-to-back. So, um, you know, sometimes when that happens, and especially when there's injuries, um, people that didn't get as many minutes one night, you know, they, they readjust for the game plan. They say, okay, well, who do we need to play to kind of win this? In the moment, you don't necessarily have that plan as rock-solid as you do, you know, the, the next day or, or whatever. So, um so I, I think you can expect a little bit of a rise in minutes for Seth Curry. Hopefully he gets closer to 25 and um, and shoots well, obviously, and shoots a lot. He didn't shoot a whole lot in this game here last night, but um, over the over his career, we've seen him before put up uh, big numbers in pretty limited minutes. So 
I think Seth Curry is a good play as well. Uh, Jaden Hardy at 4,600. 4, also interesting guy for sure. Um, and he played pretty well um, last night. 19 points on 7-15 shooting. You know, um, that's what he does. Goes out there and scores points. So, so I like any of those guys as well. Um, and I would certainly take them over those Boston guys you were talking about. So, uh, so yeah, this would be the game I'd probably stock up on at least the the low, you know, the low salary guys. All right, let's move on to the Denver Nuggets and the Chicago Bulls. And uh, it's back to back for the Bulls and for the Nuggets. Back to back for both these teams. Um. Eight point spread in favor of the Nuggets, and then two sixteen point five is the game total. It's by far the lowest on the slate, and I think you can easily just just fade this game. I don't know how competitive. I mean, it is in Chicago, so there's something going for them. But I, I don't know how competitive the Bulls can keep this after having a overtime game and a rough one at that um, against the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, it was a re- it was a close game. It was a good game. They went to overtime. Um, Bulls had their chances to win it and just just didn't happen. But you know now they get Denver, <laughs> so it's like I don't see the I don't see them sticking to this too much. So I I think it's okay to fade this one completely. But you know Nikola Jokic is playing eleven nine. I mean if you want to project this for being close or or Nikola's just trying to get right after having kind of a bad you know shooting stretch there, um, then he's certainly on your radar there. Um, I. Played Aaron Gordon. He had a good game last night. Um, you could play him, I think. Um, you know, not super into Jamal Murray in this matchup here, um, especially if Caruso is going to play. If Caruso is out, I guess you can probably have a little bit of interest in Jamal Murray, and that's probably fine. I don't like Michael Porter Jr. at the at the elevated price. Seventy six hundred is just too too pricey um, for kind of the ceiling I see now with Jamal Murray back in the fold. So. That's really it. I mean, you know, the main guys really on on Denver, and uh, I am not psyched about playing them. So uh, probably won't end up on a lot of that. Maybe 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 one Nikola Jokic lineup, lineup. You know, just as kind of a bullet out of nowhere. Um, on the Bull side, you know, I think you can have some interest in Kobe White at seventy two hundred, even in a low scoring game, um, coming off a season high, shooting the ball insanely well. Um, the Bulls just really are reliant on his offense, so um, he's going to be out there creating. Uh, DeRozan's also 8,200. I would you know, consider either of those guys if you want to go with a Bull. As I said, I, I probably won't end up with any of them. Um, maybe I'll do one that's kind of wacky and, and has some of these guys on it, but that's about it, you know. Um, Patrick Williams has been having a good, good games, but I typically just don't play people against the Nuggets, and so... Just not gonna do it here. I would assume who um, literally produced no stats in the start, <laughs> zero DK points uh, over twenty six minutes. As a matter of fact, um, and yeah, I'm just that the point per minute output's just not. I'm not gonna go to Ayodele, especially not in this matchup. You would have to have balls of steel to go to Ayodele in a matchup against the Denver Nuggets, seeing what he's done in the last you know five games with his minutes. I would commend you. I would say hats off to you, sir. Rats off to you. Um, Tory Craig is an interesting name, also, but it's just the matchup is just not not good. So yeah, I'm just, just going to move on here. Uh, Golden State Warriors at the Phoenix Suns, and this is an interesting one, of of course, because you have um, Chris Paul coming back and playing the Suns as a member of the Warriors. 
And of course, you've got Kevin Durant on the Suns that was previously a warrior. So there's all that, uh, you know, bad blood between these two teams, I guess you can say. And we know the Golden State Warriors have been pretty chippy here in the early going. Um, you know, Draymond Green just being Draymond Green, but also uh, Clay Thompson kind of seeing the end of the road and, and getting a little upset about that. Um, so, you know, we've seen some some chippiness out of them, and the Suns like to get chippy too. So um, this could be a really entertaining one to watch over the later games here. Um, but anyways, for the Warriors, uh, you know, of course, you always have to say Steph Curry's in my pool. Absolutely. There's no reason he shouldn't be. Um, I think he can honestly play most, if not all, you know, any of these guys. Draymond Green, 6,900, sure. I'd, I'd thumbs up that. Um, Chris Paul, 6,800, if you are going to play into to the revenge game narrative, which is stupid. But uh, 6,800 for Chris Paul is still a fine salary. It's, you know. I could see him hitting value for you there, no problem. On a fan game slate, I think, you know, you can't completely fade him. Uh, Clay Thompson, 6,400, same thing. I wouldn't go Wiggins because Wiggins has just been terrible this season. Uh, Dario Sarge, not feeling that with, with Draymond Green back at 5,300. So that's kind of the cutoff line, right? Any of the top four guys on the Warriors, I think, is totally fine. And if for some reason Chris Paul or whatever can't go, I love pods at 4,900, Pajemski. Um, but we, I, I expect everyone on the Warriors to be playing here. So, uh, Chris Paul wasn't even on the injury report. So, uh, for the Suns, we've got, um, you know, again, any of these top guys, um, well, I would say Booker or Durant, sure. I think these are good, you know, pivots. I don't think a lot of people are going to be owning them necessarily because they're going to be all over Luka, uh, or Tatum or, you know, whoever, but, um, I don't see a lot of people being on Durant and Booker personally. Uh, Beal, it's his first game back. He's supposedly going to play, going to suit up. I expect him to be on a minutes limit for sure. So you can still sneak in your Eric Gordons and your um, Goodwins and your Grayson Allens if you'd like. Grayson Allen is actually out of this one, so I guess you can't slip him in there. But, um, you know, some of these, uh, like Josh Kogi's uh, KWC app, you know, maybe they have one more game of uh, some value here for you. But, uh, you know... Honestly, it's those two top two guys. It's Booker and Durant. I even asked myself, can I play Nurkic, you know, against the Warriors because he's a center and, and, and they struggle against that position typically. And uh, I just, just can't. I mean, not with, you know, Beal coming in and taking more shots away from Nurkic. I just just don't see him reaching any kind of, um, you know, reasonable ceiling like we want him to reach. So... I honestly think that the Suns are mostly just a fade from me. I probably, I mean, I'll land on some of the top two guys, and and that's kind of it. Um, not super into any of these other guys. So, uh, on the Warrior, or, uh, yeah, uh, on the Warrior side. Sorry, we already talked about that, didn't we? Yes, we did. Okay, so let's move on. Sorry, guys, it's getting late here. It's almost two a.m. Okay. Sacramento Kings at the Los Angeles Clippers, and that's going to take us home here. Four-point spread in favor of the Clippers. 233 is the game total. And uh, back-to-back for the Kings. Don't believe the Clippers uh, did play. And I'm um, pretty sure I'm right about that. Let me just double-check. Yeah, they haven't played since the 8th. So, yeah, they uh, they are now in a back-to-back. The Kings are. Um, and, look, the Kings, you know, won last night. 
um, when I'm recording this, they won and uh, played a great game. Malik Monk went off. I think he's another guy you can consider here as a kind of pivot because people are going to fade this team just because they don't, you know. It, it, it's the Clippers. It's a good defensive team. It's a back-to-back. You're going to have an inclination to say, oh, I, I don't know about this. But there's just too many people on the slate that are like that that you can't just, you can't, you're just going to have to disregard that as, as best you can. Um, I think it does affect some players more than others to do that back-to-back, you know, specifically older players. Um, but the way it affects them is typically that they, they end up sitting. So, you know, we'll get that information before tip-off, or um, we can kind of try to plan for that kind of thing. But, um, but I, I, yeah, that, that's kind of the extent of it, I think. So, you know, again, Malik Monk, I think 6,100 is an interesting guy to, to look at here. Uh, the top two guys, sure, you know, Sabonis and Fox. I'd probably lean some bonus there um, because he goes up against Ivaka Zubac and behind Zubac uh, there really is no uh, you know center depth. Uh, Plumlee's out, so they're using Daniel Tice, which is an interesting name to monitor. Also, we'll talk about that in a minute here, but um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think Sabonis would be the way I'd lean there, and I you know I'd look at um, a guy like a Trey Lyles at four thousand. I, you know, I think I like Lyle's game, and he's been you know, playing a pretty key role um, for this Kings team this season off the bench, and I, I don't see any reason that should change. You know, you're looking for about 20 DK points out of him at 4,000. Um, that's kind of the ceiling, so I wouldn't expect much. But, you know, if, if you need some cost savings, that's a guy I do like there because he is relatively consistent um, with grabbing boards and scoring points. For the Clippers, uh, again, uh, you know, top guys, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, great. If you land on one of those guys, um, more power to you. I think it's fine. I'm not going to go Russell Westbrook here. I don't disrespect the Kings. I think Russell Westbrook's a great player to play in a you know matchup where either A, they have to push the pace, B, there's going to be no James Harden, um, or I guess Kawhi Leonard maybe. I no. I mean, even then, I don't think they start Russell Westbrook at this point. You just can't start him next to James Harden. But, you know, there are certain scenarios where Westbrook goes off, and I just don't, none of these really screams to me like it's that situation. So if he does, I'll eat my words, but um, I'm not seeing that happening. Daniel Tice is the other guy I mentioned uh, earlier. You know, they are leaning on him pretty heavily. He's only 4,300. And he does, it's the nice thing is he produces blocks and rebounds uh, at a pretty reasonable rate. And some points as well. So, um, you know, the base is pretty pretty solid, honestly. He'll probably, you know, 15 DK points or so, I would say. And then the ceiling can be what we've been seeing, you know, with the 28, 30 DK points or so. So, you know, nice little window there at 4,300. I mean, he's pretty much, um, I wouldn't call him a lock necessarily, but he's pretty close. I mean, he's, on this slate, he's one of the most sure things in my opinion. And I'm going to have a lot of Daniel Tice in my lineup. So, um but that's it, guys. That's going to do it. That's kind of the early look uh, at this slate here and, and how everything's you know kind of shaken out. Uh, please do follow me at Ethos Keith, at Ethos Keith, and go follow at Ethos TFS as well to get all our shows. And until next time, guys, go get that money.